messages for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Coming up, an urgent distress call from Beverly Crusher plucks Admiral Jean-Luc Picard out of retirement. Starfleet recruitment. I need to speak with a security official. You're under threat of a terrorist attack. Rafi is in a race against time to stop an imminent attack on the Federation. You're gonna tell me what the hell you two are really doing here, or I'm about to throw both of you out an airlock and never look back. Watch it, Commander. Commander Seven of Nine puts her career in jeopardy by helping Riker and Picard against her captain's orders. Beverly would never call out in order to save only herself. And who's this? The son. And Picard and Riker's rescue mission uncovers an earth-shattering secret. All this and more coming up on the Star Trek Picard edition of Energize. 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 We're jumping to warp speed with Jean-Luc Picard and the Star Trek Next Generation crew. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the final adventure of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise D crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Beverly Crusher sends out an ominous distress call that puts the security of the Federation in question. Meanwhile, Rafi works desperately to recover stolen Federation tech that could destroy it. Who's after Beverly Crusher and why? And can Rafi stop a potentially catastrophic attack on the Federation before it's too late? Here's a Warp Speed recap of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 1, the next generation. Warning, security breach. This message is for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Admiral Picard, I'm encoding this transmission with coordinates. Listen to me very carefully. No Starfleet trust. No one. Well, I need to find a ship. We need to find a ship. I think I may have a workaround. Come on. Welcome to the Titan. Admiral on the bridge. And Captain on the bridge. Captain Riker and I would like to change course. No. You're gonna tell me what the hell you two are really doing here, or I'm about to throw both of you out an airlock and never look back. Watch it, Commander. You disobeyed orders. Welcome to the writing system, gentlemen. Someone want to tell me what the hell I am looking at? You just loyaltyed your way to the end of a career. I am Starfleet Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Now lower your weapon. And who's this? The son. All right, Steve, we've been waiting for months <laughs> and with little teaser trailers <laughs> and, a, yeah. and a couple of full trailers. And now Picard, the final season yeah. is here and yeah. I'm excited. I got to be honest, I've been waiting since the end of Nemesis for this. I felt that Nemesis did not wrap it up the way I wanted. When they brought out Picard three years ago, they said this will not be a next generation reboot or a next generation uh, reunion. And I was bummed about that too. I loved season one and two, but this is what the fans want. This is the goodbye that we deserve and the one that we desperately wanted and now we're getting it. Yeah, the Next Generation cast, in effect, is getting their Star Trek, The Undiscovered Country. 
<laughs> That's right. And the thing I love about it, and uh, all the producers will tell you this, what they're doing is they're saying, look, it's been 20 years. You think they're going to be the same people? They are not. Everybody has changed, just like you've changed in the last 20 years. This is what I love about what they're doing. It's not the cookie-cutter 1987 enterprise. This is, listen, we've gone through some shit, and now we're different. And we're seeing, we're going to see that. And I think that's what's going to make this season really effective, is that as they have aged, like you said, we have aged. You can just, oh, I don't know, you can just tell it's going to be big. All right, so let's get to it. I just want to be the one you know. 9, 9, 6. 2. The Enterprise remains concealed in the dust cloud. Right at the top of the show, we see what appears to be a Starfleet vessel deep in the mm. nether regions of space, and yeah. there's music playing. I, I, I love this because whenever Star Trek plays classical or plays something from the 40s or the 20s. I don't know what it is. It's a steampunk kind of feel that I feel. But when you hear that music, I don't want to set the world on fire. I think two things. One, incredible music. And two, yes, you do, because that's exactly what's going to happen in this season. Someone's going to set the world on fire and we need to be ready. Exactly. And the one great thing that Star Trek has done as of late in the in their series, that when they when they put things out there for you to see, everything mm. has significance. Everything is pointing in, yeah. a, in a direction. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, they did the same thing here. So as we're moving visually through the ship, we, we pass a screen and you hear Picard, uh, one of Picard's archived uh, logs uh, from his yeah. from the battle with the Borg, basically, talking about hiding the ship inside of a nebula. Right. This was the night when he hid, when he talked to Guinan before the battle. Remember that? Yeah. And he said, you know, how will history remember us? Turn the page. Right. That was the night that he did that. And so that was the log from that night. And... How interesting is it that now we see somebody else hiding in a nebula, probably based on that history? Exactly. So automatically, they're they're doing some foreshadowing there. And so as we continue to visually move through the ship, we pass a footlocker. And I had to stop it for a second because I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I see something mm-hmm. there. And it said, mm-hmm. and I played it back just a hair, and it said Lieutenant yep. Commander Jack Crusher which is Beverly right. Crusher's late husband that got killed in the accident. And, and best friend of Picard. Exactly. So I'm just like, okay, well, there's a footlocker there. What is that? Right. What are they trying to tell me? Because clearly they're telling us something. We just don't know what it is and, yet. And like you and I have both said in virtually every episode we've covered, whether it's Strange New Worlds or Lower Decks or Picard, everything means something. Keep your eyes open watch everything. Easter eggs are everywhere. These producers love us and they're going to give us everything that we are asking for. That was a tee up to, well, if this is Jack Crusher's footlocker, well, then that means Beverly Crusher is here and that's when we see her. Warning, security breach, hull damage, unauthorized docking. They found us. Helios, activate warp drive. And so 
you know, immediately Beverly Crusher comes into frame. And so you're you're seeing her and her computer, the computer notifies her that there is a mm-hmm. security breach and they're about yeah. to be boarded. They found us, she says, which I, I love. I love that line. It just it, it tells me everything I need to know. I've been hiding. I've been running from someone and they found us instant peril tons of history that we don't need to know but we'll find out it's brilliant yeah i'm just like okay beverly what have you been doing hey why are you in the yeah. nether regions of space yeah and why is somebody hunting you down what have you yeah, been doing why aren't you on the why aren't you on the pasteur that bubble looking ship you know healing you know healing people from cremorian sunrises and all the other problems that they have Elios, divert all power to the warp core. Working. Get us the hell out of here. She fires up the warp drive, and while it's yeah. warming up and firing up, because clearly we're gonna have to get out of here, um, yeah. she grabs, you know, a rifle, and I'm just like, oh man. Well, don't forget too. One of the one of the other um, shipmates is like, I want to help, and he and she shuts him off shuts the door, and she handles it herself. These aliens, or whoever they are, board the ship. Yeah, and she starts shooting, like John McClane in Die Hard. Oh yeah, they came in hot. I mean, one guy was like yep. firing what, I, what would be the equivalent of a machine gun. And, and yep. she she was dishing it out. She immediately killed one of them. And yep. this is a new look. Vaporized. Beverly Crusher. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm yep. just like, whoa. But at the same time, she gets wounded. Which sucks, right? And she gets shot, I think, a couple of places. And, and you and I had both talked about this before the show. And that was, you know, is she, have we ever seen her like this before? And my answer was, yes, kind of, during the episode in TNG where she was in this warp static bubble by herself and the whole universe was collapsing around her if you remember that episode and it went mm-hmm. from a thousand people on the ship to a hundred to nobody crusher his her son and the traveler are trying to es- help her get escape from that and that's when we in- are introduced to the traveler and when wesley is introduced to the traveler and so I, that kind of felt like that like that that's her training yeah but this is way more of an aggressive stance than I've seen sure. before. And the the way that she was moving, it was like an action hero. And so yeah, I mean she, she rolled and moved and shot. Oh yeah, her. yeah. I mean she was she was she meant business. And then mm-hmm. and then when she shot one of them, she like stood over the other one and, and <laughs> vaporized him <laughs> at point blank. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's no mercy here. <laughs> yeah. She's like seven in a way. Helios, prepare to send a transmission. Subspace frequency Myriad Codec. This message is for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. She's wounded and more yep. ships more ships are coming. And so she's yeah, in some so serious she... trouble. So she, you know, goes and uh, sends a coded message to Admiral Picard. Yep. And jumps to warp. And I'm just like at that point I'm like, all right, I'm in, it's on, let's go. Yeah. Then they cut to the opening theme, which is the Jerry Goldsmith music. 
you know, of both uh, TNG and the original movie, and you're like, oh my god, it's the 80s again. You have to have the same feeling. Music strikes a nerve um, with people, and if you just it's a memory, it's a memory creator. Right, right, yeah, exactly. So that was the right move. Lois, these things from my past, they're mementos of dear friends, old and new, but they're memories. Next, you know, we find Jean-Luc Picard and Laris, and that's mm-hmm. the Romulan housekeeper who Picard is now romantically involved yeah. with. Yeah, she, she's not keeping house anymore. She's keeping him. <laughs> yes. Hi-yo! Hello! But here's the thing. Hi-yo! <laughs> but here's the thing. At the end of season two, Picard had finally gotten over his issues, which yeah. which were tied to his mother's suicide when he was a kid that he that's felt right. responsible for. And now beautiful, he's open beautiful, to beautiful. love. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I think I thought that that was good. Yeah. So now you that. you can see that he's got a spring in his step, you know, and, yeah. it's, and it's apparent yeah. that he, you know he is is taking a big step. So they're packing up his house. He's about to give away all of his memorabilia, and he's moving away with her to go to her place. Like it's Chateau Picard is you know done essentially. Yeah, so this is like a big step in his life. So automatically, you know, this is resonating in the fact that eventually, you know, you you hope that you can get over issues from the past and move on. And that's what he's doing. And so his demeanor is completely different. That hard edge, um, it seems to be gone. Mm -hmm. And so... um, Which is is rare and great. Yeah. And and something you'd expect from an 82-year-old man who, by the way... I can't get over this, and I'll never forgive them for this, but he is an android, which I have never agreed with, and I'm pissed about it, but okay, fine. He's an android who will age normally, which is so strange to me, but neither here nor there. I want to give it to Geordi. Give it away. He is running the Fleet Museum. He will love it. So he's free and happy. He's he's packing up his thing, and he make he makes a reference to Jordy LaForge sending right. his his beautiful painting of Star Trek yes. Enterprise D to Jordy. So Jordy is yeah. now running the Fleet Museum. Right. We know that we're gonna see Jordy. We're teeing that up, obviously. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, automatically, we're dropping little nuggets to prepare mm-hmm. uh, for what's to come. Computer, do you hear that alert? Yes. Where is it? Unable to determine location. So later on, Picard is sitting there at his desk, and what happens? Whatever the noise is, I can't do it. It's it's the com badge, and he starts looking for it, and it's that old because he's. It's a brilliant way to bring out the com badge because he's throwing away all his old stuff. And there it is, the Enterprise D original com badge, and it is pulsing. And he's like, I gotta figure out what the hell this is. Detecting encrypted long range transmission via a subspace frequency. It contains an uncommon codec. There's a, a coded message, and right. an old code at that that requires, yeah. you know, his, his old, I, you know, old password. Which, by the way, I wrote it down, but I don't have it here. Picard Alpha Tango 
that's that was the code that he used for self-destruct in uh, First Contact. Yep. And so the message opens, and it's Beverly Crusher. So the look on yep. his face, you know, speaks volumes, as if he hasn't seen her in a gazillion years. It seems like he hasn't. He seems surprised. Yeah. But yeah. he also, but but we know from both TNG, the last episode, uh, that there may have been history there that they have always been close to being intimate. Right. It's all. It's been a lot of will they, won't they. And it never materialized for thirty-five years of will yeah. they, won't they? By the way. <laughs> yeah. Admiral Picard, I'm encoding this transmission with coordinates. Listen to me very carefully. No Starfleet trust. No one. So Beverly Crusher, you know, gives him coordinates to her ship. Yeah. So that he can find her, and well, then she, she says, "I'm in distress. Come yeah, get me. Yeah, come get mm-hmm. me." And she mentions the word Hellbird. And I'm just like, Hellbird, yeah. what does that mean? I'm just running through my Rolodex of Star Trek. I'm like, have I ever heard of Hellbird? Right. Is Hellbird part of something? Right. Am I missing it? And right. not to trust anyone at Starfleet. No one. Trust no one. Which to me, because listen, everyone listening to this and you and I both know that the entire Next Generation crew is coming back because we know this. Could it be one of them? We don't know. Mm. Could it be her? So I'm going to keep my eye out for who I actually think we shouldn't trust. The point that Beverly Crusher's saying, you know, don't trust anyone, yeah. leads me to believe that Starfleet might be infiltrated. And here's the thing. We see this all the time with Section 31. And we saw it in the first season of TNG when those aliens took over the admirals and they stuck in their brains and the little tails were sticking out the back of their heads. Like... The one thing I always see as a trend with Starfleet is that they're always an entity that can't be trusted, even though everyone like Picard says Starfleet is a peacekeeping armada and we're here to... And and yet Starfleet is so fucking corrupt. Well, I I think any big organization, if it gets so big, you can't control it. Yeah, it's it's, which society. is weird because Gene Roddenberry's vision was like, no, actually, we're perfect, and we're going to go out and spread perfection to the world is almost a religious thing. So it is weird that it's always tainted. I haven't spoken with her for over 20 years. Neither has any other member of the old crew. She just cut us off. So the next day, Picard discusses this with Laris, and she gives her blessing. We find out mm-hmm. that Picard hasn't spoken to her in 20 years, and their last meeting did not go well. Yeah. And for some reason, they, I don't know, broke up or they split, and he needs yeah. to go find her, obviously. And Lares, he and Lares were, were planning it, you know, to move and to go off together, but that's not happening. And not only did she cut off Picard, she cut off everybody else. Yeah. No one else from her, the bridge crew of yeah. Enterprise D has spoken to her. Very so strange. I'm just like, what's the deal? There's something to this. And so I'm, you know, my interest has been piqued at this point. Without a doubt. So who is he going to go to for help? He's going to Captain William T. Riker. Good to see you, Will. Look at you handsome elder statesman of Starfleet. They meet in a bar. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they meet up in a bar. Um, you know, Riker's sitting there, and I guess there's a, an event coming up, this Frontier Day. So yeah, I love little that. trinkets of ships and things like that. Yep. And there are a lot of Enterprise Ds laying around. Yeah, and it's like, why, why are there so many of these? Oh, nobody wants them. They think they're too fat. I wouldn't have asked to meet you like this if it hadn't been very important. And I really appreciate you giving up your family time. Actually, Deanna and Kestra appreciate the time away from me so he sees picard and of course it's just old sparks and then Riker kind of drops a bomb on yeah, us yeah not he's like sometimes they don't want me around it's like wow wow really yeah is yeah his his wife and daughter uh would appreciate him taking time away from them although i will say this i have a wife and four daughters and i don't think they want me around either so <laughs> i i i get it I understand Riker's dilemma. This word, Albert, I have no idea what it means. Of course not. It was a computer virus on the Enterprise when you were incapacitated. This is when Picard says to him, do you know anything about Hellbird? Can you explain it? And of course, Riker can. Why? He was, he was under the, he was locutus. Uh, uh, while that was going on, and that was a, that was a term that he couldn't possibly know. Adding three to every digit gives us these new coordinates, the rightness system. Riker has insight into mm-hmm. uh, how to decode the the coordinates, and 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 boom, there you go. We have yep. the coordinates. It's on the edge of Federation space. Right, and like, okay, well, shit, we got to get a ship. We gotta. How are we gonna do that? Well, I need to find a ship. We need to find a ship. Well, we can't go to Starfleet. You made that clear. I think I may have a workaround. Come on. What I love, and you know, what we always need to have in 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 these all of these shows is, they start to leave the bar, and they leave the bar, and somebody is watching them, like a some kind of mystery man or some. I don't know, private eye or, or whatever. Somebody's following them. And so that just adds another layer. Yeah, yeah. And true to what Beverly is saying, do not trust anybody. Trust the no walls one. have ears. Yeah. Trust no one, yep. Mr. Mulder. Right. Ah, <laughs> I want to believe. Listen, you can help me. You hear things, huh? You're like that. So um, the next thing, you know, we jump to is to Rafi and she is at Metallus Prime and she's all disguised. And I love Rafi played by Michelle Hurd because she has this really hard edge to her, which kind of reminds me of Worf back in the day. Right. She's also the the, pretty much the only original Picard cast member to make it through to the third season other than Laris, yeah 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 but it was a good choice i mean she's she's muscle she's and got a, so and i love her like she's just got this drug this 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 addiction background which is just fantastic she's got a son but then she was with seven of nine you know she's she's messed up i like her yeah, and that's what makes her perfect for this mission because she's she she's in the underbelly, and yeah. so we see her uh, talking to this Orion, and I'm like, okay, this is like her drug dealer slash informant, right. and yeah, you, you can tell that she's she's addicted. 
she's 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 struggling with addiction, which is, you know, happens when people go undercover. You know, it, it you get so close to it. But she's in there trying to, you know, yeah. I, I'm just like, OK, what's her problem? But she states the fact that she's, you know, that she's been kicked out of Starfleet. Right. And she has this desire to get back in. If she can just get some information about something that's, you know, that's a threat to the Federation. Experimental quantum tunneling tech that in the wrong hands could be a weapon. I'm talking world-ending shit. You hear anything like that? You're crazier than I thought. Beat it. And do we believe that she's been kicked out? We're not sure. I didn't. I didn't believe it at first. I didn't believe it because that's just not her. She's too yeah. strong for that. Right. She's too strong for that. And I just was just kind of like right out the bat. I was just like, okay, she's got to be on a mission. That, right. That, that's just, the, that's what it has to be because she's just, you know, I, I just can't see her just slip it up and become a drug addict and get kicked out of Starfleet. Right. And so she's asking for these drugs and this guy's like, no. And she's like, here's everything I've got. Here's all the money I have. And the guy delivers one tip, one little nugget and that is the red lady yeah yeah because there has been an incredibly dangerous technology has been stolen from the daystrom yeah you know institute which is the federation's premier science scientific research and and teaching organization which which so was she, highlighted in star trek what is it into darkness yep and so you know, so you know, there's some there's some stakes here. So she's you know pleading for this information. Like you said, she gave all the money and he gave this tidbit about the red, that something's going down with the red right. lady. And right. I'm just like, okay, all right. So we're, we got all these code words that are flying yeah. around now, and I'm just like, okay, what's the red lady? But so but, you know, Rob, we'll find yeah. out. So she goes into some back alley and she contacts Starfleet, right? And she's just like, hey, listen. I've got some information. So now I'm relieved. I'm relieved that she's, you know, yep. not, you know, just a strung up person. She's on a mission. She's on assignment. But yet she's still struggling with addiction, clearly, because she throws the drugs on the ground. Yeah. We could be court martialed for this. Only if we get caught. you got to sell this. Come on, Admiral. Show me your inspection face. So we, we, we go back to Riker and Picard, and they're heading uh, to a ship. And they're they're kind of um, setting it up as well. This is an admiral captain surprise inspection. We want to board your ship and inspect it during a shakedown cruise. And and the ship itself is the Titan. Now, I will tell you during the off season when they were showing clips of of, of teases, and we saw uh, um, Riker say hello, beautiful. I I could have sworn. And I would have bet my life that they were actually talking about the Enterprise F, which has only been featured in um, video games. It has never been featured in canon or in film or TV, but it was the Titan. But I still maintain that we are going to see either the Enterprise D, E, or F. We're going to see, no, we can't see the D. We're going to see the E or the F. We're going to see it. But meantime, it's just the Titan. Permission to come aboard, Commander. Permission granted, sirs. This is Captain William Riker. Will, this is seven of Commander nine. Commander Annika Hansen, sir. Welcome to the Titan. So they, they come on the ship and who greets them? It's 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 seven of nine, but she's like, Nope, I'm Annika Hansen. She insists on that. Uh yes. 
but the deal is, is that this Captain Shaw, of you know, who's the captain of the ship, who's leading yeah. the ship, has made her right go by her birth name. Yes, and and we're already thinking, well, who the hell is this Captain Shaw? And it's so weird to me to see her buttoned down in a Starfleet uniform. We've never seen this. She is. I, I, I don't like it. I got to be honest. It's not who she is. She's a renegade. She's always been outsider. I don't like this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like the fact I like the fact that she's Why? a Starfleet now because because Why? sometimes 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 you got to come out of the wilderness and an or- organization like Starfleet can use someone like her. It's just a matter of her getting her own command yeah, so she can do it the way she wants to do it. Yeah, but she she can't because she's like Captain Shaw doesn't want me using my Borg insignia and she's already being controlled. That's not going to go well. She's not someone who can be controlled. No, I, I agree. But uh, the deal is, though, I mean, we can use her. We need her in Starfleet. We need yeah. people like her. Everybody can't be by, you know, buttoned up by the book because yeah. that's when that's when mistakes happen. So she warns him about Captain Shaw. He's clearly not a fan of theirs. <laughs> right. He's, so I'm just like, I'm like, I'm ready to meet this dude. I'm ready I, to meet this dude. Cause, <laughs> I can't wait to meet this guy. And you think he's either going to be like the Ronnie Cox character in TNG uh, I can't remember his name, Captain whatever, who took over the Enterprise and took Alpha and Beta shifts and made it Alpha, Beta, Gamma shifts. And uh, Oh, yeah. I remember, remember Ronnie him. Cox when uh, he did that? Ange- and it wasn't fucking an, hated him. Was an, it was Angelico. Angelico. Angelico, exactly right. Yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah, like yeah, that? Or is he just this total creep? So we, I'm dying to see who that is. Admiral on the bridge. <clears throat> and Captain on the bridge. We don't see him yet, but they go to the bridge, and it's like Admiral on the bridge, Captain on the bridge, and there they are on the bridge. And who do we meet immediately? Sydney LaForge. She is the navigator. So I love this because in TNG, Jordy couldn't find a girlfriend. He couldn't even get a holodeck girl to like him, and suddenly he's a dad. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy for for Jordy because Jordy's one of the nicest guys on the ship. Jordy's my my favorite character of TNG, without a doubt. Well, he would be like my like best friend. Didn't you have a nickname at the academy? Well, uh, I can't recall. Crash LaForge, because you crashed the shuttle. I I was a cadet. Picard's happy to see you, but then Riker like. Yeah. In his in his joking, yeah. in kind of a blabbermouth, he said, yeah. like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute! Don't, don't didn't you have a nickname in, in at the academy? <laughs> Crash LaForge." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was cringing for her. Oh I felt god. terrible for her. She's like, oh, "Well, that." that mm, mm. So that was a good moment, but then it has to get down to earth because now um, Picard and Riker have to sit down at dinner with Shaw, and this is where we meet Shaw. And this is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Gentlemen, please, come join. I apologize, Captain. Are we late? Hardly. It's just your reputation preceded you so far into the room that I started early. I love this scene because they walk in. Shaw's already eating. He's halfway through his meal. He's just chewing his food, and they're like, oh, hi, are we late? And he goes, no, based on your reputation preceding you, 
I figured I would start early. Yeah, and I was like automatic. They're like, okay, this Just dude is an asshole. He's an <laughs> asshole. He's bold, but he's a dick. And I love him. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, he played it so, I don't know who that actor is. We'll have to find that out. But I loved him, loved him, loved him. I mean, he didn't stand. He didn't shake their no, hand. He no, didn't do no, anything. No, no. I mean, it was the ultimate sign of disrespect. And it didn't stop there. Captain Riker and I would like to change course. No. Respectfully, Captain, I am an admiral. Retired, but I'm still a captain. Without a chair. Tighten his mind now. So then he's just lobbing insults left and right. Left and I right. I mean, just here and there, here and there. He's just jabbing them. And, and, you know, and Picard informs him that, you know, we need to change course. Captain yeah. Shaw's like, no. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and I was just like, and Riker's like, you're talking to an admiral. And he's like, like, retired. Retired. Yeah, exactly. He just had a, he had a notice for everything. It's like, no, it, we'd have to go out and back and out again. And I don't see the point of that. We're going to, what he's thinking is this. I don't want to be inspected. I, this is my boat. Leave me the fuck alone. If you're going to be on here, you're going to go where I go. Oh my God. I loved it. And, and, and the thing is they can't say anything or do anything because they're not actually on a shakedown mission. They're trying to take the ship somewhere where Shaw doesn't want to go, but they can't say anything about it. So they got to sit there and take those insults. It was so great. That went well. Every moment that we're not en route for the writing system, my concern for Beverly grows. How do we pivot? Short of mutiny, I'm at a loss. They walk out and they're just like, well, what do we do? And they're just trying to figure it out. Yep. The seven and nine is back there in the hallway. And what they're doing isn't passing the sniff test with right. her. Right. And seven is not, a, is not a dummy. I've been under for the months trying to figure out who stole these goddamn experimental weapons from Daystrom Station and why. I spend every second of every day terrified with the thought that someone is going to use this weapon to hurt people. So, you know, we get back with Rafi and Mattel's Prime, and she's speaking to her handler in Starfleet Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And they're hashing out who this red lady is. You know, what the red lady is. Is it a person? Is it a right. thing? And the big thing what that's coming through is that Rafi is has had enough and she, she's obviously afraid that whatever this is it'll be weapons stolen from daystrom used against humanity used against starfleet she's she's scared yeah and the handler just comes to the conclusion that an attack is imminent yeah i like that because it, it gives us a a parallel urgency we're trying to find beverly we're trying to figure out what happened there and at the same time rafi is chasing down some kind of mass destruction plot. It's it's good. It, 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 I think it works. This is utterly humiliating. Yes, it is. Reminds me of my cadet days. Only I don't remember having to get up to pee this much. Oh, absolutely. And so we get back to the Titan and we find Will Ra Will <laughs> William Riker and mm -hmm. John Luke Picard sleeping <laughs> in a bunk bed. So they're, they're basically in the barracks. Yeah, they, the this is lower decks. <laughs> and then Picard reveals uh, the last time he saw Beverly, it di it ended on bad terms, and he didn't think twenty years would go by. Um, yeah, and, and it's and painful once again, for him. Yeah, once again, we're dealing with regret. And th yeah. that's that's something that I think we all go through. As we get yeah. older, we reflect on things, especially if we have unfinished business. 
Admiral Picard, Captain Riker, please report to observation. They get the summons from uh, Seven, who gets them both to the observation room. She's like, come with me, and they show up there. And there's a half a second of pleasantries and she turns around and she's like, what the hell is going on with you two? I know something's <laughs> going on. And I love that scene because she's just so human. Remember when she was captured by Voyager and brought on board as a Borg and she's just come so far and I just love how human she is. I'm about to throw both of you out an airlock and never look back. Watch it, Commander. Is that how you speak to an admiral? That's how I speak to a friend. Riker checks her. She's like, wait a minute, you're speaking to her admiral. And, you know, Picard waves that off. And yeah. She's like, I'm speaking to him as a friend. As a friend. Exactly right. What the fuck are you Because she has doing? to speak off the record. I mean, yeah. you know, speak freely. And so I'm like, all right. So she knows what the hell's going on. So they got to fess up to what the deal is. And, you know, Picard tells them, tells Seven, he's like, listen, here's the situation. I didn't tell you because I didn't want to jeopardize your career. I, I, I didn't want to mess you up. And she's like, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Um, because she does, listen, to be honest, I just don't think she likes being Starfleet. She certainly doesn't like Shaw. And she's like, let's go for this. You disobeyed orders. Welcome to the Wrighton system, gentlemen. The edge of Federation space. Seven leads Picard and Riker to the bridge. Yep. And um, basically tell gives them the heads up that they got yep. this little limited window to get the shuttle out, you know, out. Yeah. And to go ahead and, and, and go to the coordinates of the for Beverly. Yep. And so she's she's like, screw it. She's just gonna do what she thinks is right. Right. And um, they head out there. Someone wanna tell me what the hell I am looking at? This is the writing system, sir. This was you. You just loyaltyed your way to the end of a career. But then Shaw wakes up and he looks wakes out up the from his whatever sleep, <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, we're not where we're supposed to be." Computer check. Red Lady as uh, I don't know the name of a vessel. This will be your twenty-third search attempt. Back on Rafi's ship, she's mm. she has her aha moment. Yep. She goes through, she sorts and, you know, yeah. goes through different combinations and, and, and she finds the meaning of the red lady. It's actually a red uh, a statue, right. a red statue of a Starfleet officer outside of District 7, right. where I, I'm assuming front, Frontier Day celebrations are about to be held. It is funny. Frontier Day. I love it. It's 250 years since... Since what? Was it first contact? I don't know. It sounds like a lot of people are going to be in one spot and that just... Uh, exactly. It's ripe for a target. Starfleet recruitment. I need to speak with a security official. I believe you're under imminent threat of a terrorist attack. So Rafi arrives at District 7 and she's trying to warn... time, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's trying to warn them. And it's, it appears communications are being jammed. She can't get through. Right. And something really weird happens. The The whole building sinks into the, gets well, sucked into the ground. before it sinks, there's this weird yellow circle that surrounds it, kind of like a force yep. field. It sinks. And then the sky opens up as if- And dumps it back down. Dumps, <laughs> it's very X-Men. It reminded me of, of X-Men Days of Future Past when they were- Yep, exactly. Doing, doing yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people have just died. Yeah. Uh, Rafi didn't get there in time to stop it. Nope. Your hands are stiff. My knees are killing me. So long as we don't have to move or shoot, we should be fine. 
So we're back uh, to Beverly's rescue. Uh, uh, Picard and Riker have boarded Beverly's ship. Right. And, you know, they're walking around. So it's, it's kind of a ominous thing. And they're, yeah. they're getting ready to, to get out there and they, you know, take a nod to their age, you know. Right. Because you know, Picard's like, my hand hurts. This is my favorite scene is my, my hand's hurting. He's like, yeah, my knees hurt too. I can't really. And, and what I loved about that is the producers said from the beginning, it's been 20 years. They've changed. Let's show that. I'll be 57 on Tuesday. My knee hurts. And that's what people talk about. It was a fantastic moment. I thought it was really, and I bet you it was improvised. Yeah. So the two of them split up. Yeah. Uh, Picard discovers Beverly's cryo tube. Yeah. Meanwhile, Weird. Uh, this this young man, yeah, you know, has has uh, basically taken Riker hostage. Yeah, and comes into the room. I am Starfleet Admiral Jean Luc Picard, and the man you're holding hostage is Captain William Riker. Now lower your weapon. We're here to help you. Who is this dude? Who is this dude? And yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so Riker, you know, manages to, to elbow the dude in the face, always. and uh, which he always yeah, does, yep, by the way. That was a Riker move. Yeah, yeah definitely a Riker move. And he takes his phaser, and they want to know who he is. And Beverly would never call out halfway across the galaxy in order to save only herself. And who's this? Her son. Who is he? He's Beverly's son. Now. Let me ask you this. This this is the big deal. We know that Wesley Crusher is Beverly's son from Jack Crusher. He's now a traveler. He's off in the universe. We saw that at the end of season two, Picard. This son, if you noticed, has a what? British accent. Is he Picard's son? And is this shades of Kirk and Carol Marcus? I, I think so. If he knew that kid existed... Knowing Picard, he would have done something about it. Yeah, but there's also a thing that maybe she was pregnant. He says something to the fact of, you know, I don't ever want to have kids. I don't want to have a family. And she's like, hmm, all right. Well, and that's why she's anything. disappeared for 20 years. As our guest, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out in later episodes. Oh, my God. Is our guest accurate? Proximity alert. Unknown no. vessel approaching. You just let them straight to us. What the hell is going on? We're being hunted. This This kid, he basically... You know, states the fact that that we've been discovered again. So they've been on the run. It's and what clearly does that established. Mean? Why are they on the run? And why are they running? We need to figure this out. Obviously, we will. But what a what a great mystery to pose. Because from the second it started to the end, it's shit. They found us. Well, who found you? Why are you running? This is the big question. I love that it's. It, I love that it wasn't answered in the first episode. Yep, and so then we go to a space shop. We see the Beverly's yep. little ship, and then this giant ship come into frame. Now yep. we know from based on the trailers, yeah, what we've seen in the yep. run up to Amanda this, Plummer. that. Sh- that <laughs> yep, yeah, that <laughs> ship is going to rip a hole in the Titan. So yep. that that's coming up. But we first got to get off the ship. The season premiere of Picard was full of exceptional moments. But there were definitely some that deserve some recognition. This is utterly humiliating. Reminds me of my cadet days. Only I don't remember having to get up to pee this much. Your hands are stiff. My knees are killing me. So long as we don't have to move or shoot, we should be fine. Well, I... (laughs) 
I said it before, but I, I have to say it again. And you and I are growing older. We're in our 50s now. To watch our beloved characters, Riker and Picard, who we've known for 35 years, start to talk about their aches and pains, to me, was so awesome. I love everything about Star Trek. I love the science. I love the fantasy. But for them to just go, you know what? We're old and we're exhausted and things hurt. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Elios, divert all power to the warp core. This message is for Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. One of my big moments was just seeing Beverly Crusher like just take this aggressive protective stance she was defending her house this is a beverly crusher who has experienced some things and we're going to find out everything that has happened to her over 20 years but she is a different beverly crusher Without than the one we originally knew i can't wait here are this week's episode's best performances i apologize captain are we late hardly just your reputation preceded you so far into the room that i started early I'm really sorry, fellas. I love you. I do. I love reading about all your wildly exciting and equally irresponsible adventures. So I think this week's episode best performance was Shaw. When someone like Shaw comes in and chews up the scenery in front of Jean-Luc Picard, that guy stole the show for me. How can I inspire when all I do is take shit from someone like Shaw? How am I supposed to just ignore my gut, ignore my instincts, just to follow orders? For me, I, I think that one of the performances that also resonated with me was, uh, you know, Seven of Nine. I I like the fact that she's torn. Mm. She's she's caught in this space. She yeah. wants to do something where she can lead like Picard, but she's locked in this position as number two where she's being disrespected at every turn. But then she turns right around and does a seven of nine kind of thing and um, you know covers for Picard and Riker. So I really like that. I I'm really happy like about that. that too. I, I, I When she was wearing the uniform and kowtowing to Shaw, I thought that's not who she is. That can't possibly last. Yeah, and I think Shaw's gonna get himself killed. I hope He's a so. Jerk. I, I, and I wanna watch it. Man, what a great episode and yep. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for more. Always. Well, that concludes this episode of the Star Trek Picard edition of Energize. So if you want any more information, go to our website, www.energizepodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper.